0: Welcome to Creative Income, a podcast that focuses on making a living in the creative space. Whether you're an actor, filmmaker, musician, painter, or anything that doesn't fit the 9 to 5 mold, there is value for you here. I'm Lars Lindstrom. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to Creative Income with Lars Lindstrom. I'm excited to be here. I'm going to release this episode a little bit early because I actually started a film today in like, I'm leaving in 21 minutes. So (laughs) I'm going to try and get this recorded exported, uploaded, and out the door before my film starts, so that I can stay true to my promise of season two, of being here every every week for you guys. Um, no, it's, it's a pleasure, honestly. It's I, I'm very much enjoying the feedback. I'm getting lots of messages right now on Instagram, text messages from old friends and new friends, and I'm enjoying it very much. It sounds like you guys are learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. I'm meeting a lot of great people. I'm getting a lot of experience here, so it's very worth it for me. Um, uh, This week we have another cinematographer Natalie Kingston uh, Who shot Apple TV's Blackbird And I haven't seen the show yet But um, I watched the trailer Looks incredible So I'm actually very happy with the way the episode turned out It's really cool She talks about starting out in Louisiana And then finally making that move But by the time she actually makes the move to Los Angeles She's already a pretty well established DP So it's an awesome episode I'm really excited for you guys to hear it So without further ado So I can wrap this up and get to my film Let's get into it. Natalie, thank you so much for, for being here. I appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thanks. And your heart.
0: talents. My goodness, I was checking out your Instagram. You're insane. Your, your, your work is absolutely wild. And um, I haven't seen Blackbird yet, but I want to check it out. It looks really cool.
1: Oh, thank you so
0: much. Um, wait, how long ago did you shoot that?
1: I uh, shot it in 2021.
0: Okay. All right. So, and, uh, and how has the reception been? I, I see it's pretty highly rated
1: yeah it's um it, it's been good um people people seem to really like the series uh so it's yeah it's exciting to to be a part of this something that people are responding to
0: awesome great well i reached out to uh oran oran and i just kind of said after his podcast episode and i said who who should i have on and without hesitation he was just like you should check out natalie's work like, oh, oh that's great. so awesome. sweet of him yeah yeah he's,
1: he's great
0: he's yeah he's so awesome confident.
1: yeah yeah
0: Cool. Well, um, I, I'd love to jump in and just ask uh, how you got started in cinematography. Um, mm-hmm. Was it a clear path for you or was it kind of a roundabout thing?
1: Yeah, it was very roundabout, not a clear uh, path at all. Um, I grew up in a small town in South Louisiana. And mm-hmm. um, so wasn't really exposed to much, um, you know, film or the, the industry at all. Um, especially like if that you know, when I grew up, there wasn't really um, movie shooting even in New Orleans. There wasn't the tax credits yet, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But, you know, I was the kid who got my hands on my parents' um, video camera, VHS camcorder.
0: VHS, okay. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was the mini-DV, but uh, yeah,
1: okay. (laughs) Okay, so I'm aging myself here. (laughs) Um, But then that, you know, uh, later on, it became mini-DV. But um, yeah, I just became absolutely, excuse me, obsessed with that video camera and started making little movies um, at like 10 years old. And um yeah, I would like take these um I would like check out children's books from the library of like stage plays and like convert them into, into films. Wait,
0: what? <laughs> yeah. What would you do?
1: Yeah, like in the children's <laughs> section in the library there are uh-huh. like a bunch of just stage plays, you know, yeah. for, for kids. Uh And um, I remember the first one I found was called Night in the Spooky Mansion. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this a movie (laughs) now that I have this camera.
0: You were shooting Mood before Mood was popular. I love (laughs) it. Yeah, man. Night Night in the Spooky Mansion. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah, so we shot at my grandmother's house. Well, we used her house for the interior, but then she lived across the street from what I thought looked like a spooky mansion. It was mm-hmm. like no one lived there, it was abandoned. So we established that as the exteriors.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> and went back and forth. And I'm doing, you know, going back and forth because yeah. I'm just editing, editing it. Camera. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, And that ended up being like, I think I used that as like a school I turned it in for a school project. I was just doing it for fun. But, um, yeah so that you know that was like um what i did all the time and i was a really creative kid i, I did like put on plays and um it, it was always kind of like a big production like nothing was simple like playing with barbies wasn't simple it was like a photo shoot with like mm. you no know, it went all out you know using like carpet samples as like their rugs and like just <laughs> <laughs> like it was um yeah and nothing was simple. Um. My sisters,
0: my sisters would like paint, like paint, like small paintings on like three by five cards and then put them up in their Barbies houses. Did you you, you do any like carpet samples? Yes. Also.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like gathering like little plants from, you know, my mom's garden and that was their landscaping. Like it was, you know, (laughs) all out. (laughs) Nice. Um, So yeah, a very just active, creative childhood. Um, But, but the idea of like film and like being behind the camera like stuck with me. And of course, I didn't know what a cinematographer was at the time. Um, But when it came time to go to college, you know, I just, um, I wanted to, I didn't really know about film school and no one kind of advised me to go to film school. So I, I got a scholarship at a university kind of close to home in Louisiana so I went there and there was no film program, so I majored in mass communication mm-hmm. and, um, you know, kind of got a broad overview of, of production, TV production and news writing and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, after that, I really didn't know what to do, how to get a job in film or anything. And there wasn't still wasn't really much going on at the time. So uh, and you're
0: still in Louisiana at this point, still
1: in Louisiana yeah, so I just started working because I needed to make money in, um, in not the industry at all. I, I worked mm-hmm. at a, um, a clothing store and I was the manager, <laughs> so I did that for a couple years. And
0: after your degree, so you got your your yeah. bachelor's degree in communications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Exactly. Okay. And
1: then when I had a couple of friends who were working at the store and they were like, yeah, come work here. You get like health care, and the pay's not bad. It's like, cool. Yeah. yeah. I just need it. <laughs> you know, I need a job. Yeah. So did that for like a year in Louisiana. And then they like promoted me to the store in Dallas and did that for a year. And I, I just, I really hated it. It wasn't, you know, creative at all. Mm-hmm. But actually looking back, the the managerial skills like come into play being in DP now. Totally. Um, And so I moved back from Texas and then, um, and that's when I was like, okay, I got to figure out a way to get in the film industry. So a friend of mine, um, his dad had this TV station or something, or knew knew someone who had a TV station, like owned this local very small TV station in, in Louisiana. And they were looking, um, for people and, um, So I kind of got my foot in the door there, started working in production and um, eventually they gave me this show that I got to shoot and edit and produce and direct, kind of do everything. It was like documentary style.
0: Like a show, like a show for TV, like for that yeah. local station. Yeah. And this okay. was
1: kind of like a local access station. You yeah. Know?
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So like
1: locally Perfect. made yeah. programs, yeah. but yeah. you know, I had like full creative control, so I would yeah. just kind of look for weird and or interesting people in the area to interview and do, you know, and, um, you know, would do it and they just kind of let me run free with it. Wow. So that was like kind of my film school because I didn't, I didn't end up going to like proper film school. Um, Ever? I just, I, no.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So awesome. I, yeah. I
1: learned so much. Like, you know, I really learned how to operate a camera, um, edit and like Final Cut Pro and, um, you know, really tell a story um, mm-hmm. with images. And yeah, that, that, experience was really invaluable and I kind of started freelancing on the side as a camera operator and uh, in live sports I would shoot football like college and high school football and baseball and um, and then started kind of um, that kind of segue that job came to an end they ended up closing down the tv station mm. so that eventually led to getting on my first um, movie set and I, I met, <clears throat> I got connected with some people, some filmmakers through the show that I was doing at the TV station. And and around that time, film started to come to Louisiana to shoot. So they were making a, a movie.
0: Can I can I just ask you, yeah. did, do you see any of that influence, that early ENG docu-style shooting influence in your work today? Or do you think that, yeah, like, did that think, prepare think, you at all for, for what you def- do?
1: Definitely. Just those, you know, just being um, kind of, Being able to react to a situation like, you know, for example, if I'm like, you know, walking and just being able to do a lot with a little, I guess Mm -hmm. that that really gave me that um, skill to kind of see a a location for what it is and see what's going on naturally and either, you know, rolling with that or shaping it, you know, in a certain way to get what I want or um, augmenting in in a way. Um, so it just, yeah, it's, um, I think it definitely informs my work for sure. And I think, um, and and I'm glad I had that experience, um, you know, to be able to shoot in documentaries and react to to situations on the spot, um, and kind of know what to do, you know, that way. And, um, yeah. So where was yeah. I? Uh, yeah, so, oh, yeah. so, okay. uh, <laughs> you, uh,
0: film comes to town. It's, we were in Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. What is, is it 2000? What's the, what's the year? Um, do, you, do you remember?
1: Early 2000. Okay. So this is after college, five, six, probably four,
0: five, six, seven,
1: 2008 ish. Okay.
0: Perfect. 78. All right. So a film comes to town. How do you know about it, hear about it, get this job? And well, what is the because genre? I
1: did a little segment on my TV show, I did I shot some behind the scenes, and I interviewed all the filmmakers. And, oh, um, smart!
0: Great. <laughs> yeah,
1: so It's like, oh, cool a movie's coming to town. Yeah, and this so is my got, story. Yeah, yeah I got connected <laughs> with them, um, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is great. And um, and so yeah, that was about the time where you know I left the TV station, and um, those people were making a movie, another one in Louisiana, and so. I, I got to work as a camera assistant. And um, so that was like my first, you know, ever experience on set and um, really got to see the cinematographer in action and understand like what that role was. And I'm like, Oh, this is, I could see myself doing that. So um, let's see, I'm trying to find a quick way to, to tell the rest of the story, but basically it was just like, after that, you know, started working ACing for a little while and, um, and just getting experience. I knew I didn't want to AC forever, but I, I I figured it could give me, you know, teach me a lot about filmmaking as opposed to like just documentary.
0: And being close you to other know. cinematographers. And yeah, kind of exactly. Checking out um, their styles. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, kind of did that for a little while, but kind of always did a lot of different things. So I um i you know would shoot bts stuff for films as well Mm. you know um then i worked as an assistant editor for like a year because i had that editing experience from the tv station yeah and then you know um started shooting short films on the side with friends and then that and that's when i really was like okay i think i want to focus just on cinematography and trying to figure out how to be a dp um and yeah, I just kind of started shooting. I went to, um, I felt like I didn't know enough about lighting and I I needed to learn that somehow, but I, you know, film school wasn't really feasible for me at that time. So I found a a place called Maine media workshops in Rockport, Maine, and they offered Mm short-term programs and they did this like three month, um, cinematography intensive and i thought that was perfect for me you know it it was you know a do, remember, time. do you remember how
0: much it cost for the program the three-month program
1: <clears throat> no but a lot cheaper than you know a film two school. or four-year program <laughs> film yeah. school so it was more affordable for me great and um i was like oh this is perfect it was very lighting focused so I just went there for three months and just like just got my hands on lights and learned from these amazing cinematographers a lot. You know, it's they um, they get ASC DPs and gaffers yeah, yeah, cool. and people you know working um, working filmmakers to come in and that just um, my mind just exploded. You know, so many light bulbs went off. And so when I got back from there, it's just like I made the decision just to focus on cinematography. So I just kind of really just started to shoot whatever I could get my hands on, you know, music videos, shorts, um, small commercials that eventually led to my first feature documentary. And then my second feature documentary and finally my first How, narrative Are you
0: feature. renting camera equipment all the while? Or is this something that you've like- Yeah.
1: So I had a, um, I won some lenses in Maine. <laughs> there was this, um, comp little wow. short film competition,
0: put on by Zeiss. And it was the Zeiss ZE. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah know, the ZE's. Was- yeah. <laughs> the, it was it EF mount or do you remember like, yeah. A, yeah, the, yeah. Mount. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So, so Canon mount Zeiss ZE's. Yeah. CEs, yeah. Which, I had, I still have a set actually. Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I won those, I came back with those. I'm like, yes, I'm ready. And I had, mm. I owned a 70. Perfect. The Canon 70. So that's what I used, um, like all the time. Yeah. Um, and then if I needed, you know, other focal lengths or zooms or like, well, before that I would rent stuff on lens rentals, you know,
0: mm-hmm. rent, like, yeah.
1: Canon L series zooms
0: uh-huh like and a 24 to 70 24
1: to the, 70 70 to 200 and no was the wider one like
0: the 16 oh.
1: to 35 yeah exactly
0: yeah that was, my <laughs> that was your set <laughs> perfect
1: yeah i shot i shot a short i was so proud of like right before Maine, and um and i rented those you know those zooms on the 70 and i, think I had a, a kino flow Two so what flows. were you?
0: What were you? Man, all those keynote flows. If I never use a keynote flow again for the rest of my yeah, life, I'll be so happy. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Forty three hundred, baby. Let's go. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so how how did you know what to charge um, for these? I wasn't anything. Yeah. was it anything. anything? <laughs> no money. Okay. So yeah. how are you surviving? Did you um, still have?
1: Good question. Like, um, yeah. I was well after. So after Maine, um, so my. Boyfriend at the time, he's now my husband. We, um, he was kind of just starting to direct. He was a DP when when we met, mm. and then we wanted to work together. So kind of out of default, I was like, "I'm not directing. How about you direct?" And so we did this music video right after I got back from Maine, and it went well. Like he he did such a great job, and we were mm. so proud of how it turned out. And we're like, okay, let's keep working like this. And what if we start a production company? And and that's how we can try to make money and, you know, get like local commercial jobs and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's what we did. And it was such a small this is Lafayette, Louisiana, so it's a very small market. And um we both kind of had relationships with like advertising people there you know and these were very small like yeah like four-person
0: agencies that did like yeah
1: yeah or just like like the the commercial lighting
0: shop or whatever yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and um i mean maybe they were like five thousand dollar commercials you know total or less
0: or less (laughs) you know first one i did was like a thousand bucks yeah i remember yeah Yeah, and i mean Uh we
1: weren't making much um you know But, you know, it was just kind of just whatever we could get our hands on, you know, corporate videos, training videos, stuff like that, Um, that I remember kind of after we had our company for maybe like a year, um, we got this contract with Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries to hmm. do a bunch of training videos for a fisherman in Louisiana. So like shrimpers and crawfish farmers and crappers and oyster fishermen. And we would go out fishing with them and, and then interview the people who talked about the rules and regulations of
0: fishing. Nice. In, and in are you doing California. all of this on your 7D and the ZEs right At now? At
1: that time, I think we might've, started the project and it was a long contract like that was our bread and butter for a few years
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it was fantastic because it allowed us to like shoot you know our creative stuff on the side and we never like put it it's i never like put that stuff on my website or something it was very like sure. strategic of course you know um but what yeah i think we started out shooting maybe on the 5d we might have upgraded <laughs> and on the canon zooms and then maybe like the second year with the contract, we, we ended up buying a black magic, um, the B, uh, I forget the, the model, but the barely, the pocket, whatever.
0: Yeah. One, yeah. You I know? can't remember the a pocket pro or some the 4k something. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So we got that. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So what, at what point did you decide to make the move to Los Angeles?
1: Well, before LA, so we moved. My husband and I moved from Lafayette, After doing, you know, having our company for a couple of years in Lafayette, we moved to New Orleans, which is okay. like a few hours away. In mm-hmm. New Orleans, you know, there's actually like a film industry there, and we figured it could, you know, be a step up. We could meet more people and yeah, make more connections and all that. So we did that <clears throat> and um, lived there for I don't know seven or eight years and um, kept doing. Our um, Louisiana, our wildlife and fisheries project, I think the first um, year that we were there, we kept doing that. Um, and then just kind of whatever we could get our hands on to make money
0: and you know, make things meet. So, you know? so moving, even, even though it's just a couple hours away, I assume the market's completely different. The people are completely different. Yeah. Um, how yeah. do you, what are you doing to network? Who are you reaching out to? Are you setting up coffee meetings with directors? Yeah. How are you making those connections? Yeah. Are you on Instagram? Like, what does yeah. that look like?
1: Kind of like a little bit of everything, you know? Um I didn't know a ton of people moving there, but um there's this place called No Novak, New Orleans Video Access Center, um, which had a lot of like social events. And so we started going to there their little socials that they put on and we met a lot of filmmakers that way. And there were a few that really, you know, we really connected with and we're still friends to this day. Awesome. Actually, a director that is a very good friend of mine and we've shot, I've shot so many of her films. Mm. Um, and, and then it just kind of snowballed, you know, um, I, you know, got my name established as a, a cinematographer and, um, yeah, it just, you know, one short, film would lead to another. I saw a lot of shorts there. Um, and then I happened to meet, um, Sam Pollard, um, who he was Spike Lee's editor for years and now he's a director and he mostly directs documentaries. And so he was in town directing a, a documentary and they just, they were doing, um, a couple days of interviews and they found me on some kind of like new Orleans crew database. So they called Amazing. me. Amazing. <laughs> and then I brought my 70 or five, whatever it was, uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, shot those few interviews with them. And it really went well. Um, he liked me. And so he, shortly after that, he had a, um, another feature doc that he was directing on uh, civil rights and uh, blues music. And so he hired me to, to shoot the whole thing. And, and that was mm-hmm. like a traveling job. So we shot some in New Orleans and New York and Chicago and Mississippi and kind of all over. So, um, and we did it pretty much like the shoot kind of was, um, was all together. It wasn't really spread out kind of how it
0: was. this something that he came to you and said, I have X amount of dollars make it work or
1: did you yeah. say, how
0: much is it going to cost? Like,
1: uh, how did it go? Like, I mean, docs don't really have a ton of money, you know? Um, sure. And they were just like, yeah, this um I forget even. Yeah, we must have shot that on the DSLR as well um, mm. with with those Zeiss lenses and maybe nice. the, the, the zooms again. You know, that's man, I think winning winning
0: that Zeiss prize <laughs> oh really God. set you up for success. Yeah, I, no I got so much use out of it. Um,
1: that's amazing. Yeah, it was just like here. Here's the crew that you get. You know, it was just me. My husband helped me out as, um, just like kind of all hand, you know, just like kind of just whatever he could. And then sound I most likely, he, right? He, what's that
0: <laughs> sound most likely?
1: They had a, a proper sound. Did person. they? Okay, great. Yeah. yeah a, he had sound had a little
0: zoom thing. H4N as well. Like yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly.
0: No, he had a, he was a legit. Okay, good. Yeah, person. good. Great. Yeah. Great.
1: Um, but I maybe mean, had like two people on the, on the crew. You know with yes. two cameras rolling Someone has husband okay. come coming an off and just nice. help me out with whatever nice. and then maybe i'd get an ac and uh, uh-huh. yeah so that was kind of the vibe and that um that doc um it did really well and um then you know i kept shooting just whatever i could in between and then that led to another doc with um the the producer and editor of that blues doc with sam mm-hmm. Um, and so she was, she was directing this one and that was called Bathtubs over Broadway and it was about industrial musicals <laughs> and, oh, wow. um, yeah, we went around, you know, same thing. Just, I shot probably like a third of it. There were a couple other DPs on that. Um, just cause the shoe was so spread out. Yeah, so it was just kind of like all these projects, you know, kept leading to the next one and then my network just kept expanding.
0: Um, all the while are you and I and I kinda I, I keep coming back to this, are you saying, Yes, I'm I'm seven fifty a day, I'm a thousand dollars a day, yeah, I'm fifteen hundred a day? Yeah. Like are you the one setting those rates? Like like how much do you yeah. charge? Like when they asked that question, how yeah. do you how did you start setting those rates? How did you know what to say? And um, how that, yeah, yeah, how did you figure that out?
1: I feel like eight hundred a day was like the magic number for a long time. I, okay. I don't, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Maybe I talked to someone or something. But yeah, they're like, "What is your rate?" It's like eight hundred, and then sometimes they'd be like, "Well, we only have four or five or whatever." Sure. And, you know, sure. <laughs> yes, of course.
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah. Great.
1: Yeah. So that was yeah. like my rate for a really long time um, mm-hmm. until I got the. And of course, I don't have an agent. You know. Um, yeah, at this point, yeah then you know still living in new orleans i meet um a director i think we got connected on facebook and his name who,
0: who how did you reach out to him I think he reached out to me do you remember why or how how did he yeah, you know i
1: think i was like posting work
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: on facebook and instagram and maybe he mm-hmm. stumbled upon that so he mm-hmm. sent me a dm and was like hey you're you're in new orleans i am too would love to get coffee and maybe we could work together on some things. I have some personal projects. Cool. And his name was Jeff LeBay and he's a legend who well, was he's no longer with us mm. sadly, but he was a legendary commercial director. Okay. Um and so we met, I'm like what what does he want to do with me? I'm like I don't, you know, I'm like nowhere near that level. And um yeah, we met up at a coffee shop and really hit off and I was just so inspired by him. He was just mm. just made up, every bone in his body is just, just creative, you know, and he was just oozing creativity and ideas and we're really aligned on so many things. Um, And he had, you know, he was trying to do more of like his own narrative films and, you know he had done so much commercial work and still doing it but he was really focused on like writing and directing his own stuff. And so he was interested in me like helping out with that. Um and you know, not too long after we got connected, he had um a commercial that was shooting in New Orleans. So he's like, you know, I want you to shoot it. And I'm like, and this was a huge opportunity for me. You know, this was like an international commercial, you wow. know, with a through a legit production company that he was with and um legit ad agency and um and that's where like I made the most you know, I've ever made. And that, that was maybe like I don't know, 12 or 1500. I remember the producer was like, sorry, this rate is so low.
0: <laughs> I remember the first time and that I happened like, to me yes, too, man. It was <laughs> the best. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah super yeah. low. only well, like, we'll have so. three days of prep at fifteen hundred, and then yeah. the shoot days. Two. To, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you walk away with nine thousand, and I know it's pennies, yeah. but yeah, or whatever. And I'm
1: yeah. like, super low. Like, oh my god, this is. Oh my god, this is so much. This is crazy. And they're
0: like,
1: "Do you have an agent we can talk to?" I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> I don't." <laughs> I'm in yeah, between. Right, it works. <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. And, um, that, yeah, that was a huge leveling up for me, you know, and. Mm. uh, What'd you
0: shoot it on? Do you remember?
1: The, uh, Alexa
0: Mini. Alexa Mini. Okay. So this was probably then what year? 2014,
1: 15? Around then. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I had established a relationship with Panavision, um, before a few years before. um, What,
0: uh, Panavision, what division?
1: in Panavision new orleans, new orleans and perfect. i met i met um i met someone there kevin gahooley who who's the lens person in new orleans i was shadowing michael goy on america american horror story in new orleans mm. and he um kevin just came on set to i don't know what he was doing um with to, i don't know give deliver some lenses or or do something pick something up and uh, Michael Goy introduced me to him and um, Kevin gave me his card. And so I had it short, I was shooting a couple months later and um, I reached out to Kevin, I'm like, hey, I'm interested in, you know, some gear. I would love to, and I really wanted to just like step up in gear. Like, and yeah. I guess by that time we were kind of renting like uh, Red Scarlets through lens mm-hmm. Reynolds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Um, we were yes. shot like a short on that and maybe a couple other projects. And so I was like, you know, it'd be great to just step up in camera and maybe use some PandaVision lenses. And, um, and so he, he connected me with, um, with like the vice president o- over there. And, um, and I remember I just sent him my lookbook and like my vision and everything in the script, like everything that I wanted to do. And then are like, yeah, this, this looks great. We believe in you and we'll, we'll help you out for this one.
0: Um,
1: yeah. So, okay. so
0: yeah, no, I, I love it. And I, what I'm taking from this and I've heard from a few people actually get some, some of them getting some of their bigger breaks by having relationships with, with different rental houses and Panavision kind of being the king of rental houses. I, I think that also, that also helps. So, so my experience has been, I own gear. I I'm mm-hmm. a total gear slut. I just, I love it all. I love, <laughs> I've got Alexa's, I've got Alexa mini LF I've got, I mean, Signature Primes, Ultra Primes, Vista Primes, Anamorphics. Like I I love, I love, I'm a rental house. Yes. But the disadvantage to being a rental house is I don't get to make those connections. I'm not, I'm not prepping at Panavision when, the DP that's shooting such and such comes through. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's just yeah, like, exactly. Like, talk to me about that. How that those relationships have helped you? I mean, I, I mean, you just did. You just yeah. You just no, told us exactly oh my god, Panavision has too.
1: been huge. You know, and that and that was like kind of a big reason why I never wanted to own a lot of gear because I'm always wanted to keep that relationship because um, I just saw how um, mutually beneficial it, it was. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to be stuck to one set, just the tools that I owned. Of course. Um, so yeah, it was from that uh, short film and they kept helping me out and they just, you know, believed in what I was doing and um, we just formed a great relationship. And eventually, you know, they introduced me to the people at image in Hollywood and Woodland Hills and um so now you know i have a great relationship with them and um yeah i've been working with them ever since you
0: know? when did you when did you move to los angeles what year
1: so i uh, haven't been here in a while It was 2020
0: oh my gosh what a year to move
1: yeah i know we had um <laughs> may you found a place and everything like right before the pandemic and then um signed the lease and everything and
0: in, but, which is an advantage, right? Like kind of yeah,
1: there was some silver lining. It was it was actually nice, like not working and just having the time to move across the country and focus on that and settle in and unpack and you know, do all of the domestic stuff.
0: At this point, are you are you signed to an agency? Do you have an agent? Yeah.
1: So okay. I guess it was shortly after that commercial with Jeff um, that I got an agent.
0: So, how did that happen? Um
1: they had reached out to me um, out of the blue. And I'd met with an agent um, before, a couple years before that. And mm. I just wasn't ready. You know, this was a different agency. Yeah. And um, yeah, they had just reached out and wanted to meet me. And so, and I was still living in New Orleans. Mm.
0: Who was and the agency?
1: Martha Scores.
0: Okay. Awesome. And
1: That's I guess awesome. this was, what year was this? 20, 19, 20 maybe 20. 17, 18. Huh. And, um,
0: how did you know how they found you?
1: I, I don't know for sure. I think, um, maybe Instagram, hmm. I would say, but I, I don't Facebook know. Facebook and Instagram, sure. man. Yeah. Corners. I know Instagram has been a, yeah. a huge tool to just put my, you know, just like an extension of my website and, um, just to put my work on there. And, um, so I'm, I'm guessing that I actually never asked them, <laughs> yeah. but, um, Yeah. So they, they were my first agent. And so I was, yeah, still living in New Orleans. And then it got to the point where I was just kind of not really working in New Orleans, but living there and then just, you know, flying out around.
0: Were they booking you uh, uh, jobs pretty much immediately?
1: Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, it took, it took a little while to like build up, you know, it was a lot of my contacts at first, of course, like it goes for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it just builds Mm -hmm upon that yeah
0: yeah great that's awesome and so are you still with them
1: no i'm not
0: okay all right who are you with now
1: uh, wpa
0: oh even better great awesome good for you um so you you moved to los angeles in 2020 and you're doing mostly commercials at this point or are you starting to, to do more films feature films a little um, bit of both yeah. by
1: that time um okay so 2020 yeah i shot um four features and the two docs and yeah commercials lots of commercials
0: okay some and movies. yeah and you guys are, are and your husband all, all the time what does he do as so well he's a
1: director and okay. um, he so i shot his first film called Lost Bayou we shot that in nice. um, back in Louisiana back home he's also Perfect. yeah from Louisiana
0: mm-hmm. okay so you're in Los Angeles and are mm-hmm. and you're it's a brand new area. You've had some connections, obviously, with Panavision, maybe a couple of other directors, producers from flying out and, and booking some of those commercials. Yeah. Um, what's What's next? I mean, we're, we're heading into a global pandemic. Um, yeah. I mean, luckily, and, I yeah. think,
1: and that's why I waited so long to move here. You know, we had kind of been fighting it for a while. Um, But I worked out here a lot, you know, so I I felt very connected. And the fact that I had an agent, but, you know, and I know lots of DPs, lots of producers, directors. So it didn't feel like I'm starting from scratch, you know, Mm because like I said, I I wasn't really working in New Orleans a ton, you know, at the time. And um, it it was all just travel jobs. So um, and I was already in the union and stuff like that, you know, so it just it felt like just the natural progression. And, um, I mean, yes, it was scary cause it's a pandemic, but that was just scary anywhere, you
0: know? Sure. <laughs>
1: um, then, yeah, so we didn't work for a while because no one was working. And, um, then the very, I guess things started to pick up later that year, you know, as they did for most people, um, you know, and all, and narrative film was always, always my focus, the goal. you know, and always a goal and always the thing that just got me going.
0: Um, did you sell your ZEs before this? I'm yeah, just, I'm curious. So right,
1: yeah, so it was like right before we moved. I sold them.
0: Yeah, and the, and the 5D, the 7D, did you, you sell all um, your equipment?
1: The 70 ended up just breaking down because
0: uh, we just <laughs> beat it, to it. <laughs> You shot it to death.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think we oh. still have the 5D.
0: Oh, cool. Um, you guys you use it as a viewfinder here and there? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, we don't, we owned like a red. Um, oh my God. I haven't, um, I guess it was Scarlet that we, is there, was something come after Scarlet? There was like an Epic
0: and the Scarlet, the Scarlet W and the, I mean, there's, I I honestly I have, there's so many. Okay, great. Yeah. Scarlet W. There's so many.
1: We bought that in New Orleans and we kind of used it for like a year or two and then sold it just to have it for personal projects.
0: Do you Um, own any equipment anymore?
1: So I own just kind of what I want to have. Um, Yeah. So I own an SR3. Okay. And um, that 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 is like re- I don't know really great to have when we want to shoot 16 millimeter stuff.
0: Yeah, of course. And
1: um, I own a Flanders monitor.
0: Like a seventeen or something.
1: I got the new um, what is it the D DM twenty five the OLED one the twenty yeah. inch yeah. oh the
0: twenty yeah I gotcha yeah and,
1: and before that I had the CM one seven one the mm-hmm. lcd one and yeah. and that's just you know um an exposure tool that i like to have just Same. on a set you know yeah how it goes um totally and I own indie filters and okay. some headsets and an easy oh nice okay right. yeah the female Great. vest in the yeah, <laughs> yeah which i re- rarely use anymore um yeah, so that's that's really it. So that's like my personal kit that I'll pretty much take on every show. Are you
0: still getting rentals on that stuff when you go out, or is it just like, yeah. nah, they're just like, oh, you are. Okay, great. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: <laughs> that monitor
1: was not cheap.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't. You're right. Yeah. So is that something that just production knows automatically? It's like when, yeah. you're, when your agent yeah. negotiates, do they negotiate that for you?
1: Yeah, they'll be like, you know, she'll have a kit fee, um, or this, um, or I'll 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 tell the producer to like here's what I normally bring on, here's how much it costs, you know, and yeah, yeah. So every job.
0: Okay, so yeah. um, what? I assume is Blackbird kind of the biggest thing you've, you've shot to date? Would you, yeah. find, or something that you're most proud of, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so.
1: Yeah.
0: Talk to me about that. Cause now, now we're, I mean, we're going from maybe some indie films and yeah. docs to, uh, you know, maybe a couple commercials here and there to an Apple plus series with a very large budget, very large crew. Um, what does that look like for you? How does that world change mm-hmm. and how yeah, are you able to adapt to that world?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, been just of course itching to level up. Yeah. You're Mm -hmm. right. I've done, you know, um, a handful of independent films and, um, and larger budget commercials, which I think definitely prepared me for, you know, like a lot, a pretty good amount of, of those commercials.
0: Are you Um, using the same crew, same gaffers, same ACs for some of these bigger commercials? It
1: depends where, what city I'm in, you know, in LA. Yeah. You know, it's usually the same people, but, um, they don't really let you travel people uh, for commercials, yes. you know? Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So I'd been like going on interviews, like got my foot into the door and, on a lot of, you know, projects that I really, you know, thought could be a good way to level up, you know, bigger budgets, you know, bigger, they were all kind of just like bigger features and a couple series, you know, and just either, you know, just lost out or, or what have you, you know, just didn't work out. And, um, yeah, so I was really just kind of like, when is this, how, how do I level up? You know, <laughs> how, how do I do this? And it, you know, it's just like, yeah, it was frustrating and, um, <laughs> you know, um, Tell me about it, Natalie. Exhausting, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. You know, cause you can't, you know, DPs, you don't, you can't really create the projects you want to shoot, especially at yeah. a bigger level. I mean, you can like early on, of course, like that's, you know, um, but yeah, so, I the Blackbird like literally just came out of the blue. Um, it was early twenty twenty one, and um, the the producers um, just called to see if I'd be interested in reading the scripts. And they sent me all six scripts. And um,
0: so hold on, so yeah. the producers reached out to you directly, or did they go to and WPA? I went to my,
1: through my agent.
0: Yeah. yeah. W, so they went to WPA and or they were looking at the a, roster or this was
1: worth the scores. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think it was through like a, um, producer that I had worked with who gave my name to another producer, um, who was affiliated with the showrunner and producers of Blackbird. So it was gotcha. a few degrees of separation. <laughs> so that's Perfect. how that works, you know? Uh-huh. Yes. And, um, yeah. And so that's how they got my name. And so, yeah, they, they called my agent at Martha Scores and, um, and yeah, sent over the scripts and read them all. I'm like, Oh my God, this, this is fantastic. This is r- really in line with what I want to do, but there's like no way, <laughs> like, there's no way I'm going to get this. Um, yeah, but you know, I did, I had the first interview with Mikel Roskam, the, the, uh, first director, went really really well um we really hit it off our sensibilities um aligned and then um he's like okay i really you know feel good about you shooting this um hmm. talk to the showrunners and producers uh, and um talk to you know the rest of the team and you know, they liked me as well and
0: what, I, mm-hmm. I'm just hard. like, I, I think there's so many people, so many listeners, especially myself included, like want to be a fly on the wall in some of these meetings. Like mm-hmm. what are the buzzwords? What are you saying mm-hmm. to like get these directors excited? And I know that a lot of it is completely out of our control, right? We, we could have a completely different vision and mm-hmm. we just want to line it all, but um, – Talk to me about some of those conversations that like get directors excited, that get producers excited, that want you in the room, want you on the project.
1: Yeah, because that's, that's, people don't really talk about the interview process a lot. Uh You know, I feel like that's just something like I've been, you know, i talk to a lot of other DPs about and we share tips and like what, you know, what do do you do? What do you do? You know, do you do a lookbook? Do you, you know, what point do you do a lookbook? (laughs) And yeah. I remember asking my agent to ask the team if they wanted me to ask Mikel if um, he wanted me to prepare something before we talked. Mm. And he was like, no, I'd like to just talk to her first. So I was like, OK, okay. great. great. Um, so I, I kind of just pulled my own ideas off to the side just so I knew you know, what I wanted to say and how I felt about it. You know but i really wanted to just hear him out and this is the best case scenario is that it is hard sometimes making a lookbook blindly when you've never worked with someone mm-hmm. um so it was great to be able to have that one-on-one conversation with Mikel and really hear his ideas and and then after that i created a lookbook based on you know the things that he was saying and then the things that we were talking about in that conversation and I sent it over to him, and he loved it. And then um, that got sent to the rest of the team, and the showrunner and the other producers loved it. And then that's when I had the meeting with them, and um, yeah, and just talked about, you know, just confidently talked about my ideas and how I saw it. Um, but then also, just you know, I think it's important to, you know, portray yourself as collaborative, and. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I did. And they asked me a bunch of questions about, you know, how how I felt about, um, you know, just like I guess, you know, this jump up, you know, and um, how I would handle certain things and what was, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and hmm. and yeah, I don't know if that answered a question, but
0: um, no, I, I think so. Yeah. I got I got something out of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: but nowadays, like, I find you know it's um like i was saying before it's 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 hard to like present a lookbook when you don't when you're when you're going into something blind but i think it's important do you know
0: do you know Todd Ben Hazel?
1: I know of him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause he, he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he, and he said that he usually has something prepared in his back pocket.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And just, just in case they go, do you have a lookbook? Do you have any ideas? And he'd be like, I do. And then he can pull it in, but like until they ask, like he's, he's not, uh, that's, he's that's not exactly yeah. how I
1: do it too. I don't want to like come in and bombard, you know, with, yeah. with all, you know, but, but I also want to, um, I think it's important to show that you have ideas and people want to see that you have ideas and you can talk about them intelligently. So yeah. I either have like a folder of images that I could pull out on a Zoom or or a lookbook. And I'm finding more and more that like lookbooks, really um, people like to see them um, and they kind of yeah. sometimes are expected, you know, and maybe if you don't have one, you come across as not prepared or um, yeah. you don't have ideas, you know. Um, so, or sometimes, you know, maybe I'll present just the, this images from a folder and then follow up with a lookbook. Um, but yeah, I just, you kind of have to feel it out and read the room.
0: Good, yeah, and that's where you're managing the uh, the clothing store experience comes yeah, into play, right? Exactly. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> understand skills. people management skills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a feast and famine uh, world, right? The filmmaking world. Yeah. It's either it's either you're making tons of money or making no money at all. Exactly. Um, especially on longer format um, narrative projects. Yeah. What are you What are you doing to weather those storms?
1: Um, like now. Um, yeah, like now. Just you know, that's why I like to keep commercials in the mix um because they typically like consistently pay um very well you know yeah, And in the short-term
0: just, projects right? yeah
1: they're short-term and they enable me to be uh, picky about the long form that i take on you mm-hmm. know um so it's important that i always like keep commercials at play and so I can take on like, you know, a, a smaller independent film if I'm inspired by it. And, um, okay. and that's actually what, what I'm doing next, you know. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's just trying to, trying to balance those two, you know.
0: Um, yeah, we're heading into an, an interesting time where we're there's not a lot of money in the market for commercials um, yeah. because of interest rates and financial yeah, exactly. meltdowns and things. Yeah. And so, w- are you prepared for let's let's assume that commercials dry up? Um, mm-hmm. Are you and your husband prepared for a financial storm?
1: I mean, yeah, we're good about saving. Yeah. No. And so I guess that's,
0: yeah, that's, it's like, do you have other investments? Are you saving? It's like, is that all good good to go
1: investments and, and we have money saved. Um, yes, but you know, and, and that's kind of, I think about maybe owning lenses to have like a supplemental, you know, passive income, Mm -hmm. maybe that, you know, so maybe I'll do that in the future.
0: If you were to buy one set of lenses, what would yeah. it be, Natalie?
1: <laughs> what um, would you get? One set. Oh, God, it's so hard. I really like the, the new, um, the full-frame Pancro's,
0: the Cook. Pancros. Uh, cook, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a set at uh, Old Fast Glass. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I shot a film uh, on them back in November, yeah. Cool. And they're, aw- they're awesome. They yeah. still don't have the 18 millimeter yet. So, Cook, if you're listening, give yeah. me my 18 mil. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah they're okay. fantastic. Yeah, i yeah, tested them at uh, Camera Image nice. this year. and
0: uh, Nice. I thought
1: they were really nice, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I highly recommend those. That's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: but yeah, I mean, this industry is hard. Yeah, you're totally right. It's like, it's either you're making a ton of money or nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you can't assume that you'll always make a lot of money. Um, <laughs> at all, you know. <laughs> uh, no, somehow you really it's worked out so far. Like I feel like even back in the day, we're like, "Oh my god, how how are we gonna make it?" You know, some something comes out of nowhere, and you know we're able to make ends meet. Be...
0: Yeah. Good. What advice do you have for for young? Uh, I, I guess creatives, not even just cinematographers, but young artists, mm-hmm. creatives starting out.
1: Hmm. I would say really, it's important to to know who you are creatively, you know, um, to know your voice and understand what you have to give mm-hmm. and what makes you unique and how that is valuable. Um, and um, and I think that comes from, you know, just shooting or just doing your creative work and then also just taking the time to just be introspective and, at you know, and really asking yourself those deep questions about like, you know, why, why am I drawn to certain things, certain films, certain artwork, and what is it, you know, and just taking that time every so often to check in because that evolves. And I think it's
0: kind it's, of what yeah, kind of Warren said. Really? Or, yeah. I think yeah, it's really yeah. important
1: to be aware of that because you just, you, you know what you, you just understand, um, just understanding yourself I think just makes you just a better collaborator, a better creator, Um, And and you know what you want to say, and you know um, why you want to do certain projects and why you're drawn to them. And it just makes you a more confident artist. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's always evolving, you know, as you evolve as a person, of course, your your tastes shift, your um, priorities align. What inspires you, of course, changes. Um, Yeah.
0: If you could quantify how much of your success is based on luck and how much is based on hard work, network, networking, and, and really hustling, um, what would you, what would you say?
1: mm That's a good question. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe a little more of the hard work or maybe I just want to believe that, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's also a lot of luck in putting, but, but I think the putting in the work, putting in that energy to make your, you know, make myself a better cinematographer, a better artist. I think the result of that kind of lands you into these situations to meet the right people who you should be collaborating with, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. You know, no, I, I agree 100%. you put in,
1: you get out, you know, and yeah, a lot of it is just like timing, like, who, like I happened to meet Sam Pollard because they found my mm. name on a database, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I'm not going to take any uh, more time now. I really, I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, the hour that we had though. So thank you so much for being here and hopefully yeah. we can we can meet up soon.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, it was great.
0: All right, guys. I am literally out the door to go to this uh, to this next film. It's a thriller. It's a Lifetime, um, and it's but I, I'm I'm very happy with the people, the the director is one of my dear friends, um, and I've, I've I think my fifth with the production company, so so everybody's like familiar, and it's gonna be a good time. So, thanks, guys. Please share the podcast, uh, talk about it with your friends, and we'll see you next week.